Hi, I'm Damon Frank, and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week, we bring you a recovered life discussion about creating your weekly sober game plan and strategies on how to live your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition, and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied on for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. Welcome to Recovered Life Discussions. You're in the Recovered Life Room. Every week, myself and Christina Dennis come to you and we plan our sober week. That's right. We go over our sober week, what we're doing, what we're doing on Recovered Life. We talk about what's on your agenda, what is on your what is your plan for the week in recovery. We bring people to the stage. We have a great conversation, um, and it's always a good time. It's one of my favorite rooms of the week, Christina. I don't know about you, but uh, it's a great jump start. It's a great jump start into recovery. I love orienting myself on Monday and taking the time to be part of the discussion and, you know, really making sure that I've got first things first, which is taking care of my sobriety and my recovery. Um, I can often just get going and about halfway through the day, in the past, I would have been like, oh, wait a minute, why, why do I feel out of control? And then realizing I had not put myself first or even thought about how am I going to spend my time? Where am I going to spend my time? Who do I want to be? You know, those kinds of things that help us, you know, become the best version of ourselves, but also enjoy and, and really, you know, put ourselves as a priority. So I love I love this room as well. I love this discussion. Um, it's my investment into myself. Absolutely. You know, I always know that um, having a plan is better than having no plan <laughs> when it comes to mapping out what you're going to do in your recovery, what's important. Because, you know, what happens, Christina, is weeks and days and minutes, they stack up. And then you get to a place where you're like, you know, I was going to work on that amends. I was going to work on this situation i was gonna like learn something or do something or there's something in my recovery that i really needed to focus on and then you look at six months a year and you haven't really worked on it right what i like about this room and about this discussion specifically is we jump into okay what should i be thinking about you know i always say in coaching christina one of the biggest questions that i ask myself and other people which is you know, uh, what's the most important thing that I could do today or this week or this month or this year that's going to make the biggest impact on my life and other people's lives around me, right? Right. And I think that's such an important question. I think, and, and I definitely honor everybody who shows up to this room and has this discussion with us. It's so important. Let me set the stage, Christina, before we start bringing people up. And I want to ask you a couple questions about what you're working on this week. But uh, before we, just to set the stage a little bit about what this is all about, we come up, we share, we talk about our struggles, what we're working on, what we did last week, and just a few rules. We just ask that you be polite and kind and considerate to other people. Just do positive comments when you're reflecting and talking about other people. Uh, We want this to be a nice, safe, and enjoyable space 
for everyone. The second is because we record this on a replay here, and it's also used on our podcast, we ask that you just use people's first names, right? So just use people's first names, unless you want to, at least for Christine and I, you can call us whatever you want. We don't care. You could use our first and last names. We don't really care. But for everybody else, we just ask that you use first names. Christina, let's jump into this. Uh, I always like to hear what's on your plate for your recovery plan this uh, week. Thank you. Yes. Well, you know, even if today is a holiday over here stateside, um, I'm, I'm still here because I drank every day and I was a, a codependent, a, a massive codependent. Um, part of my recovery program starts with my commitments. And every time I honor my commitments, I build a little bit more self-esteem and a little bit more care for myself. So, you know, this week, it looks like uh, being here at the moment, um, I've got some appointments this afternoon and I'm doing some things with you that are really exciting. It also looks like scheduling appropriately. So I have breaks in between sessions and can really reset. Uh, I had my son over the weekend and he's here today. So it, um, it, there's some caretaking involved in that. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll be right back here discussing some of the important things um, that help me and I hope help others you know, to move forward in recovery, to move forward to enjoyment, to heal past. And so I have two home groups that I attend um, as a member. And then I also have uh, a workshop that I've been lucky enough to participate in the last 10 months. And so um, it's kind of uh, the same same uh, physical appointments and physical commitments, and then a whole bunch of how do I continue to heal parts of myself as well as schedule fun in there, you know, making it a goal to have fun, making it a goal to seek joy um, and, and take those breaks. So that's kind of what's on the horizon for me. How about you, Damon? You know, I loved how you how, how you were talking about being able to put yourself first and that you, you scheduled, you, you're still involved in recovery stuff, even though that it's a holiday here. Right. Um, what I love about you is that you don't take the easy way out a lot of the times. And, you know, you might take the, the tougher road because it's going to get you to a place where you're going to either learn a lesson or you're going to be able to experience something. Right. And I definitely admire that about you. You know, um, one of the things I'm doing the exact same thing, like I'm showing up. Uh, many people don't know that, you know, Christina and I also coach together and stuff. And so we, you know, we were up and creating content for people in recovery by eight o'clock, right? We were up at seven or so getting ready for the recovered life show that we did. And we're doing the deal. And we, you know, we talked about it and we, we think that taking time off is important. But we also know that um, right now is a really big relapse time for people. And we wanted to be there for people and be of service. And sometimes you just got to power through it when you want to take the day off. Right, Christina? Like, it's easy to take the day off. It's, it's sometimes harder to kind of double down and get what you need to have done. You know, this holiday has, 
has been kind of, you know, um, bittersweet for me in the past for many reasons. First, it reminds me of times where I got completely smashed and made a fool of myself. Um, it also uh, has in the past reminded me, you know, with, um, with my son and the lack of family, it would be really easy for me to look at what I perceive as fun that others are having and feel sorry for myself and to feel isolated. And, and everyone knows I truly do believe in grief and I do believe in, in acknowledging that things have been harder. Um, but, you know, coming here and being part of the chosen family can, can change that and it can override those feelings. I know that through Recovered Life and through discussions in different places that I've met people on this app, I actually have expanded my family. So it's the, it's the amazing and surprising gifts that come out of, out of being committed to recovery. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, so what we wanted to kind of discuss today, guys, on this discussion is planning your sober week. We want to talk about, you know, how's your week going so far? What are you doing? You know, what do you have planned? What are you working on? Is there something spiritually you're working on? Is there areas of your recovery that you're working on? Uh, what has been the challenges? What were your challenges last week that you're trying to kind of face this week? This is all really about the discussion. We're so glad that we've got some people up here on stage. Kathy, love to go to you. Uh, how you doing? Hope you're having a great day and would love to hear about your plan for your sober week. Uh, afternoon. It's um, it's a beautiful day here in the UK. Um, I had a great weekend. Uh, this week is going to have its challenges. Um, it is on Thursday. It is the anniversary of my father's death, um, a day I've found very difficult in the past and also very easy because in the past I could just recreate his favourite uh, his favourite activity, which was to go to the pub and uh, have a pint and read the paper. And I could uh, make out it was a tribute to him. But of course, uh, I mean, it was uh, and it wasn't, but that's not an avenue I choose to do this year. So I will see my one of my nieces the day before and we will have a little reminisce, I guess. Um, but yeah, I because I wasn't able to, he, he died, uh, my father lived in Ireland and uh, they buried the next day in Ireland that I wasn't able to get there in time for his funeral. So it does bring up a lot for me. So I will be mindful around myself. I will make sure I have support. It is a, a bank holiday weekend, this coming weekend in the UK. Uh, we have a four day weekend for um the what is it the jubilee um so there will be a lot of drinking activities around this week from thursday to sunday um but i will i am going to stay grounded even if the weather's good if it means i don't go out i don't go out i can live with that that's if that's if that's part of staying sober then then so be it um i enjoy my flat i like my i like where i live so i'm lucky in that way but i will be i will be mindful to reach out and i will not isolate myself this week uh so i think that's that's my that's my loose plan um 
and to to keep an eye on myself really um how do I, i'm gonna be asking myself how i feel a lot of the time um and i'm gonna i'm gonna be very honest with myself as i try always to be but i have to be uh keep a, a especially kind of uh, laser focus on it this week so uh so thanks for holding the room and thanks for asking um and i'm i'm glad i was able to um to put this week in focus for myself so thank you very much thank you kathy for sharing i love that you are mindful about the hard feelings that come up and and you know sometimes like when we are sober we don't know exactly how the feelings are going to land on us you know the day could come and go and you you could be perfectly fine but preparing yourself for those is so important i mean and i think this is something that i learned uh, early on in recovery was that my body remembers um, my nervous system remembers and dates that come and go i mean i can logically try to say well that's just you know that doesn't mean anything or i should be past something but i'm not doing myself any favors and by sharing that i have vulnerability around events that i have feelings i give other people permission to do the same and i i protect myself i prepare myself which is exactly what you shared and i just say bravo and you know we're here um, if things get hard um, you know that there will be people in this room and in Recovered Life and in your own personal recovery program that want to take that phone call, that want to celebrate and sit next to you. Um, I didn't know that at first. I kind of thought I had to. My codependency taught me that, um, that I had to always show up being strong and available for others. And so this is, this is a really valuable valuable lesson thanks love that thank you so much kathy you know i wanted to mention something christina about what you said we you know this morning on the show we were talking about uh limits knowing your limits right and here in the states for memorial day this usually is the big kickoff to summer right so people who live in colder climates uh, you know, if it's nice, they're out, they're doing barbecues, even if it's not nice, they're out and doing barbecues. Right. And this is where the drinking and a lot of the reconnection with people starts to happen. Right. Uh, for, for those summer months. And this could be a, this could be a dangerous time for people in recovery because they maybe don't understand their limits. Right. Especially newer people that are getting, maybe they're, they're sober for their first Memorial Day weekend, it could be a little scary knowing that you've got to go out and that you're connecting with people and you might not have that, what I call barrier or buffer, that brake pad built up enough to really be able to handle long periods of time around people who are drinking or codependent relationships with family members or maybe people that aren't necessarily safe for you, right, Christina? Like we were talking about that and how you kind of deal with uh, setting up any event that you might be going to uh, to win before you actually get there. So true, so true. Th having that forethought, which is what Kathy just shared, having that forethought that that I, I really can't wing it. Um, 
I think for a long time, I always thought that when I was sensitive or, you know, started getting squirrely around stuff that it spoke to my strength. You know, I'm, I'm just being a wimp or I'm just being too, you know, be, being too dramatic, which is something that, you know, was gaslighting in my childhood. You're being way too dramatic and why are you making such a big deal out of it? But in, in a situation of physical recovery, it is, it is life or death. And we do have to think about this stuff. And knowing your limits is a matter of maturity, not weakness. And uh, I, I have adopted very early on to check in with my nervous system. And if I have a commitment to go, I show up early so I can be of service and I leave early long before maybe some of the uh, drinking gets out of hand. And I go there with the right intention, which is to connect with people, to be of service, and then I can take care of myself. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't even matter if it's in a group of drinkers or not drinkers. You Absolutely. Know, it can be a group of people in recovery, but I have limits on how much I can do and be in that social setting. Well, you know, I do a lot of high performance coaching, Christine, and I think people push themselves in the wrong areas. They'll push themselves to go to maybe a barbecue that they're not safe at, but they won't push themselves to work on their spiritual program. They won't push themselves to make a little bit of extra money so their life is easier. They won't push themselves to make those amends or to do the work that you need to do in recovery, but they'll push themselves in the wrong area, right? And this is something that uh, awareness, you know, I always say, you're much stronger and you're much deeper and you have much more than you believe that you have. So I think awareness and self-awareness is so important to understand. You know, I was to, I shared today on the, um, on the show that even after several decades of recovery, there are some situations where I'm just a little bit more alert, right? Like I set myself up for them a little bit more because I know there might be conversations about, hey, why are you not drinking? Or do you want this? Do you want like, there might be business situations where people have authority, right? Or things like that, that can put you in weird, awkward situations. And knowing how to get through those, I think, and then having the experience of getting through them is super, super essential. It just is really important. Um, I want to go to Chelsea. Chelsea, it's so good to see you. Hey are you How's your today? sober week going? Oh, yeah. I'm off today. <laughs> I got to go to the pool for like an hour or so, but I burned really easily. So I'm like, well, that was good. I got some sunshine. Um, but so my sober week, well, uh, yesterday, because um, I'm involved with, you know, the um, Orly Paw, which is like the Orlando Young People AA, we were planning a dance for like later in June. Um, and like voting on, on merch, like, or, you know, t uh, t-shirts to wear and this and that. And, um, there's a, there's a state conference in August that we're kind of all getting ready to go to as well. Um, and then let's see, I opened doors, um, for my home group on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I chair the meeting on Thursdays. Um, I've been chairing this month. Um, and I've been opening the doors for like two months and I picked up that commitment when I was doing my 30 meetings in 30 days. So I could like kind of re jolt my, um, 
my sobriety. Um, and, uh, we'll see, we have a business meeting on Friday. Oh, I got, I got asked to speak at my home group this Friday and I'm really excited for that. I haven't, I don't, um, I don't get asked to speak very much, but apparently when you're around as much as I've been around, um, you get asked to speak. Um, <laughs> so, um, that's new for me. I used to only get asked to speak after I picked up a medallion because people would be like, oh, she's got this many years. We should ask her to speak. And like, they didn't really know me, um, as well. Cause I didn't share in meetings and, um, you know, clubhouse has kind of built that skill for me, um, to, to share in my in-person meetings, um, because I was generally just a listener. Um, I didn't really share too much and I would hide in speaker meetings. Um, so I'm really excited to, um, to be of service this week. And then on Sunday, um, I'm going back over to St. Pete. They've got, um, Paw, which is like the Southeastern conference, the young people in AA, and, um, they've got elections and I'm going to stand for another service commitment. So I'm just like drowning myself in service. <laughs> and, um, I think that's like, I don't know. It's, it's jolt. It's, it's, I've never been in service this much in my sobriety and I have quite a few years and like, um, there's just something about, um, you know, not just being a member at large, um, like that actually doing something, um, to be there of service for other people, especially young people in AA. Like I'm really excited for this dance that, that we're going to put on. Um, and we had an emo night last month and, um, that was really successful. And, um, you know, it's, it's just really cool to see these like young people who like got sober during COVID who are experiencing, um, you know, these sober events and, um, they're, they're just all so pumped up about it and it gets me really pumped up. And so, yeah, my sober week is pretty full with service work, um, this week and I couldn't be, you know, more happy about it. And I still have my room on Sunday mornings, um, in the co-occurring disorder clubhouse. And, um, that really fulfills me. It gets me out of bed on Sundays, um, and gets my day going. So yeah, I'm really excited for this week and really nervous about Friday, but, um, you know, I'll just kind of, uh, pray about it and let the words come out, you know? <laughs> so thanks guys. That's so good, Chelsea. You brought up some very good points. I think one of the most important is that you speak up and people know you. Um, and that is, I think, one of the, the best pieces of direction advice we can give. You know, that when you first become, get into recovery, make sure that somebody knows your name. So important, so important. I think connection is really what this is all about, right? Learning how to connect sober, learning and doing the deal. What I love about you, Chelsea, is that you're always doing the deal. You're into action, right? Like, uh, I think so many people in their head have a plan about what they want to do, but they don't go out and do it. And I, I love that you share, too, that sometimes you'll do things and it won't come out off as planned. It might not be perfect, but it ends up being just right, right? And I love that about you because that is, you, you really have tapped into the secret here. 
of of how to make this of of how to make a great recovered life is you just do it. You just do it. So I totally applaud you. Um, Sassy, how you doing? Welcome to the Recovered Life Discussion. Hi, What's Dana. on your plan for this uh, week? Uh, so by way of brief introduction, first of all, Christina, yes, your uh, two months of pinging has finally paid off. Um, <laughs> Welcome. Me, yeah, I, I remember being pinged back in March and just being busy at the time, but the beautiful thing is when you get pinged, and when you see something in the hallway, it's like, okay, I need to wait for an opportunity. And here's the opportunity. So, yay for that. Um, as for me, by way of introduction, for your sake, Dennis, uh, you can call me Sassy. You can call me Sabrina. Either one is perfectly fine with me. Sabrina is definitely not a last name. Uh, I am a black, visually and hearing impaired, AMAB trans woman, pronoun she, her, who's also pagan. And I am a person who deals with codependency, negative thinking, and especially about feeling limited with blindness. So that's where I come from. I'm not a quote-unquote traditional addict. I put that in quotes because there's no such thing as a traditional addict. I'm just definitely in the minority, but I'm used to that. So yay for me. As for me, so the last couple of weeks, last week and this week, have been hugely spiritual. Last week, I participated in a ritual for one of my deities for the first time, which was really awesome. Of course, I bit off more than I can chew, but it's better to overplan than underplan. And then in my group that I go to off Clubhouse, I wound up double dipping in service. I wound up going to my first meditation meeting and also contributing to the meditation, contributing to the meditation for the meeting. So that would guarantee that I would be there. And I'm also going to be stepping up to be the business person, the business meeting coordinator at said meeting next month. And then eventually when I get in my own place and more settled, I'm absolutely going to be doing the 12 steps, doing everything that comes with recovery. And I'm happy with this group because it's my second time being in this kind of recovery. And so I know what works and what doesn't work. And I've been going to that group on the regular. This week is, again, being spiritual. Tonight is the new moon. My Wednesday is the start of June. Recently, got connected with another deity who I'm going to be working with primarily this month. And so she is helping me to be focused on my physical exercise and to get out in nature and do all these other things, which are awesome. And I'm also going to be moving from St. Louis to Atlanta, going back home. And so there is plans for making it happen, whether it's making sure my hearing aid is fixed or functional, depending on what hearing aid it is, or getting ready for housing and so many other stuff. So this week, between my spirituality and my plans, my prepping for moving, there's not a lot of time to be negative. And if there is time to be negative, then I have one of 5,000 deities 
half joking, who I can call on to get me out of that, or I have people who I can talk to to get me out of it, or just getting up, getting out of bed and getting outside. So definitely have a lot of plans, a lot of activities, and I'm glad to be here. And with that, I will yield. Thank you. I love hearing an update. So glad that you came up and spoke. Um, I actually have participated in several rooms where you've spoken and it's just always, always so um, nice to hear somebody being them and doing what they need to do and offering all different ways of how we recover. And I understand that there is no typical addict, but we all have that wounding, right? We all have that, that thing that we need to address um, or need to connect with each other. And for me, recovery was an introduction to humanity and to a group of people who wanted to stay kind and wanted to take care of themselves and each other. So I really appreciate you coming in. I uh, thank you. You know, it's so, um, you know, you just, you mentioned moving and, I, you know, I, I had a flashback, Christina. Um, I moved so much <laughs> in early recovery and in before I got sober, I was just constantly moving. You know, uh, one was I was in college, but two, just because the chaos of, you know, being an alcoholic and going through recovery and life changes and it's so looking back it could be so stressful you know and i've been in one place it's interesting it's it's interesting what happens if you're in one place for a long period of time the 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 difference that that is right like you know it never really appealed to me until i really got sober right i was much more of a wanderer um and i was just looking back when sassy was mentioning that stuff and i was like ah I remember the stress of, you know, having to make that big move life change and just feeling that I wasn't ready. Like, oh, I got to pack all my stuff. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's such a stressful time. Emerald, how you doing? Good to see you. Welcome to Recovered Life and uh, love to hear your thoughts. Um, thanks. So, um planning my sober week. This week is uh, very active and a challenge indeed. Um, I guess I'm gonna say a challenge because um, on Friday, um, <laughs> Friday is where I finally, it's my, my court date for the, I've been out on bond since January 28th of 2021. I haven't had any alcohol since that day. So a year and four months. Um, but um, this is my court date for my DUI. So um, it's kind of interesting because I wasn't inside of my car, but my car was turned on charging my phone so that I could get a ride home. It's just very interesting. I can't really negotiate everything, but I am thinking about everything a lot and probably way too much, uh, mainly because, you know, my, uh, in a matter of speaking, not, not literally, but in a matter of speaking, it feels like there's a segment of my fate that rests in the hands of someone else. Um, and all that really means is that whatever decision they decide to make about my life and what I get to do, um, like 
I haven't been able to travel while I'm out on bond, which is unusual because I'm not a flight risk and don't have any priors or anything weird. So it's weird that they wouldn't let me leave the state of Texas for a year and a half, um, or at least since last October. Um, and um, I've been on um, the breathalyzer. I haven't missed any tests or anything. I've been doing everything they ask. And um, it's so interesting because comparatively what gets in my head um, on my sobriety side is like I have other friends who uh, are also dealing with DUIs, who have all the freedom, who have the ability to leave where they want to. Um, they only can't um, drink when they're going to drive their cars. So they take Ubers or they, you know, all this other stuff. They just keep drinking and going to these activities. So comparatively, it's a weird place because I'm really upset about various aspects of my circumstance and why is mine so much more different you know i don't have priors i don't have all this other stuff but whatever you know i guess i have to look back at well you know i rolled 20 years ago you did do this 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 thing and you know now you got to live with that forever it wasn't 20 it was 18 years but still you know um comparative Comparison kills, you know, my positive energy, and that's a place that I'm working away from staying in. And so I have been, um, last weekend I spent a little bit of time with myself. Um, I kind of just did a lot of important things, but um, for work as well, but I did spend at least a little bit of I say a lot because, um, you know, a whole evening by myself without work is, is a lot for me since I've been on this journey, since I um, spend most of my time working um, just to keep myself out of trouble and to keep me occupied with something positive to do. Um, I also have to produce a, a project on Saturday um, and um, one thing I've got to be a bit more firm about and assertive about is when people ask me, you know, um, you know, what's the price point for producing a film project? I've got to be really firm with them about, hey, it costs this much because this is all that's being included. And, you know, you can't have the cinematography without me writing, directing and producing the content and editing the content for you. So we can just give you raw footage, but that's going to cost this much but you're not gonna be able to do anything that you wanna do with it until you pay me for my part. <laughs> and I'm in a situation where I'm working through being more assertive about people, you know, um, having their contracts completed up front without, you know, going through the, uh, the relationship of, oh, I know this person, they're really cool. I know they're gonna pay me because there's been too many times where people have not um, and there's another opportunity, I guess, where a person is pulling me in multiple directions, has stated that they will offer me a salary plus additional, yet there's no contract and they still keep giving me jobs. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to keep doing jobs until I have a contract. And I'm just really working on being more assertive about that. Um, because they're in my direct network, I'm, I think that's where I'm just being a lot very kind. Um, so just working through that assertiveness um, this week, uh, working on uh, maintaining uh, alignment and not comparing my, my circumstances to others, um, and really just focusing on my diet and exercise 
so that I can um, stay in a positive place. I'm not going to lie. I'm really nervous um, just because it's like I'm not really confident about what somebody else's decision is going to be. I just have to be confident in embracing the consequence, whatever it is, um, and feel that moment for whatever it is. And uh, yeah, so and then um, I also get my car back from the car accident that I had. Um, so my my one little piece of blessing this month was um, it's kind of a kind of a, a weird thing. My son um, hated this car because it was a convertible, so two seater. Um, he's really tall. He's five uh, eleven, and so for him, he was just not really comfortable in it. For me, I'm five foot three, so I thought it was cute. And I'm like, it's summertime. It's hot outside, and I am dropping this convertible because. When I am driving down the highway and it is evening and I am lakeside, you know, it just feels amazing. So there's like this big piece of gratitude that has been just blooming and making sure that I'm redirecting that all the time to stay in a grateful mindset um, as I move forward. So that's me. Um, that is everything um, that I am uh, preparing for my sober week. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Emerald. I really appreciate your share. You know, I posted something on our Volley community group uh, yesterday, and uh, it said real transformation comes when you're not in charge. And, uh, you know, I found that to be the case. When I'm not in charge, that's when I really get the work can be done. When I'm in charge uh, of the situation and the outcome, uh, it has less impact on me spiritually than I've found. Michelle, good to see you. Uh, always good to see you here on Recovered Life. Tell us about your Recovered Week, Michelle. Hi. Yeah. Well, the day started out good. I got up early and did, it actually did what I like to do in the morning that I haven't done for a while is you know, meditation and then some journal writing and then um, chaired chaired, whatever it's called. Um, I think they're calling it hosting now, but the moderated the co-occurring disorders room with lovely Kathy this morning, um, which is always a pleasure um, with her. And right now I'm, I'm in front of my computer. I'm applying for a peer support specialist job that's opened up. Um, I live in Duluth, Minnesota, but I, on the shores of Lake Superior, right across the bridge, across the bay is Superior, Wisconsin, and they there's a peer support specialist opportunity opening there. And what I like about Wisconsin is that it incorporates both mental health and um, substance abuse recovery in their um, in their training. So it's exciting. I mean, this is what I feel like my I know like I feel it is my passion is, is doing peer support with co-occurring disorders. And so it's exciting. It's kind of scary because I have a lot of that, have a lot, I have a teeny bit, I'm not going to say a lot, just a little um, of imposter syndrome because I got my peer, peer recovery specialist um, training back in 2018, but the the facility that paid for it, they folded before I could start as a peer recovery specialist. So I didn't actually get licensed by the state. And then the um, I did the NAMI volunteer peer support specialist training, because in Minnesota, there's two different silos. It's the same training, but you have to get certified for mental health and 
for addiction issues, which is just something that I have problems with. But um, I didn't, I moved so that I didn't get to be an official peer support. So I'm giving myself credit because I started the Co-Occurring Disorders Clubhouse, and that is peer support and trying to figure out how to incorporate that into my resume. So um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. And it's exciting. And um, yeah, I'm excited. So I'm Michelle. I'm done speaking. Congrats, Michelle. You'd be wonderful in that position, you know, and, and it's such a joy to watch somebody move forward, move through, and, and continue to want to give back and to, and to chase your passion, to do what you were meant to do on this earth. And uh, <clears throat> being a sensitive person who, you know, suffers from mental health challenges as well as substance abuse, I know that it is so important for us to have that courage to speak out about things and you know, say, I'm not doing okay today, or I am doing okay today without this curated um, persona that our world so wants us to do. And I think that can even happen in recovery. I know I'm in long-term recovery. I know you are as well. And and sometimes I get the impression that, oh, I can't go and share um, what's really happening with me because what if somebody hears me and says, well, screw this. She's that screwed up at 25 years. What the heck am I doing? Um, but I also know that that's not true and that we all have to share. And the peer support portion of everybody's recovery program is to me the foundation. And so I just love watching you go for it. You know, go for it and yet still be an example of acceptance and, and grace for everyone. The love just radiates from you. And it's it's really, really exciting to see that there may be more people who will get to participate in that and benefit from it. All right. Inas, so happy to see you here. How is your sober Hello. Monday going and what are your plans this week? Oh, wow. Hello, Christina. Um, it's been a while since I've been on the Recovered Life platform. It's so good to see everybody. And you know what? Today reminds me of what we used to do when I first got clean. Uh, we used to go from meeting to meeting. We'd be meeting hoppers. So that's the same thing we're doing here on Clubhouse. Like anything sobriety, anything recovery, I hop on it. I hop on it. When I get free time, I do that. So it just reminded me in the beginning um, when I first came into this process. Um, this Today, I'm just relaxing because all week, I know some of you guys know I opened up a mental health agency. So all week, I'm either out networking, trying to get um, clients, or I'm at my other agency that I'm contracted with and I'm dealing with children the whole day on the video Zoom. So I have a lot of children um, from five years old all the way up to like 17. So the little ones, they keep you busy and it's a video. So you got to keep them engaged, you know. So I be doing a lot during the week. So um, today I'm just going to relax. No cookout, no beach. I wish I could be in Puerto Rico right now on the beach, but I'm not. I'm going to just relax. What I'm doing all week, right? And um, I was just on another app, um, on another platform too. And I was just remembering when holidays came, it was an excuse to use. My birthday, your birthday, anybody's birthday, Memorial Day, Christmas, any any day, um, 
was a, a day so I can continue putting poison in my body and celebrate. That's what my mind told me, you know, um, and this disease, you got to be so um, it's very strategic, right? Um, alcoholism, drugs, drugs, it's strategic. And it tells you that you deserve to celebrate and how you deserve to celebrate is put poison in your body. And not only that, you're paying to kill yourself. So it had to, this is a thinking disease, right? So we know that alcohol is just a symptom that there is a disease and the disease is my thinking, right? Why, why I think that putting poison in my body makes a good idea. That's a good idea, especially when it came to the drugs. But this week I came together with um, Keola. We're gonna start a room um, in the sober uh, the sobriety clubhouse on Fridays at 9.30. And we were thinking of the names. And one of the names I was saying, well, I wanted to be called the Warden's Over. And the reason why I wanted that is because a lot of people in recovery don't find the joy in it, right? You don't find a joy in it to after you've been here a few years, because number one, you gotta get rid of your best friend. And for some of us, alcohol was our best friend, the only thing that understood us, you know? And like I said, it goes back to our thinking right so you gotta get rid of your best friend and then you got a void so it's important that immediately you fill that void with something and people um we walk around sometimes new and recovery feeling empty inside because now we can't numb our feelings now we have to deal with the feelings and that is so powerful and so painful that it some of us go back to using because it's too hard it's easier to pick up a drug or a drink than to actually deal or look at look at myself in the mirror and deal with the problem, right? So the problem is me, right? Um, alcohol and drug is a symptom that there is a problem, you know, and the problem is my thinking, you know. Um, so we decided to start a room and we're going to start it on Fridays at 930. It's going to be a powerful room because we're going to really get to the meat and potatoes of recovery. You know, um, so I'm happy about that. And one of the things about being in recovery now, I done been here 21 years, only one day at a time. Right. I found it helpful to do something. Participating in my recovery. That's how I stayed. If you want to know one of the secrets of staying in a process of sobriety and recovery, do something that has something to do with helping others or helping yourself or something, you know, and that's why a lot of people that get in recovery get into these fields of helping people because it's like a selfless assignment, you know, and now I'm like in touch with the assignment that I had, like we all have an assignment, you know, and I know one of my assignments from God is to reach out and help others the way somebody helped me. So all week, um, I'm not going to be partying. I'm not going to be going anywhere. I'm just going to choose to relax. And as far as um, celebrating, but I am going to be working hard on my business. I'm still going to be doing networking. I'm still going to be sponsoring. Um, this past weekend, I had a sponsor sponsor me and where there's 11 women that I sponsor in this process. And we all meet and we all share. We get to that gut level honesty, things that we might can't share that might be too personal, like on a platform level or whatever like that. But we get it out and we get the help that we need. So I'm very much enthusiastic today as I was when I first came here about staying clean. Like I just didn't want to feel that messed up feeling anymore. I wanted something new. I wanted something different. And even though I came here in a whole lot of pain, I still, they said, if you want what we got, you got to do what we do. So I jumped in my sponsor back pocket and I did what she did and I stayed clean one day at a time. So that's basically what I'm doing. I'm just going to stay here. 
Um, this week is going to be, I'm still going to be working, you know, but I'm still going to always be carrying the message. I'm always going to be carrying the message that any addict the desire to use and find a new way to live. Anybody, that means me, you, everybody on this platform, all you need is that desire. The only requirement for membership is the desire to stop using or want to stop using. Thank you for letting me share, guys. Thank you, Naz. That's so exciting to, to hear that you are opening that discussion. I hope I can be part of that. I love everything that you shared. Um, and, you know, as a person who's also been around a while, I love hearing your commitment to our purpose and our assignment. And I'll, I'll tell you what, what came up for me when you were sharing was how different my perspective has changed about what having to be a sober person or having alcoholism is, you know, for me, it's a gift. It's a complete gift. And, and I, if you're new, I understand that this may be the time that you want to punch me in the face because it feels so bad at first. And I can remember that first year, that first Memorial Day, feeling like I was missing out, um, wanting to be involved in everything. So I wasn't taking care of my physical health, uh, running myself into the ground, trying to be part of everything in a codependent way. You know, for me, service was not for free. You know, I had to learn that in recovery, that I, I used service to the point of manipulation because I wanted to be acceptable. But now, as you're saying it and you're putting in the terms of this is my assignment, I really cannot think, I, I can't imagine my life what my life could have turned out if I had not had to deal with my sobriety, if I had not been forced, you know, at 27 to start looking at these truths and start believing um, that maybe I didn't know what was best for me and maybe there were other things out there and that I wasn't just my diagnosis and I wasn't just my history, that there was a purpose. And so I'm one of those obnoxious sober people that is incredibly grateful for the pain that happened and I'm also really really grateful that it happened earlier in my life and I guess I I think that that's one of the reasons why I show up on a Monday every Monday regardless if it's Memorial Day and I remember marathon meetings on holidays I remember that and and had a place to go and having that joy of connecting with people and being accepted for who I was, not who I was trying to be, um, I don't, I wouldn't trade it. I would not trade that. I would not trade it. First, I never wanted to drink normally. I wanted to become, you know, I wanted oblivion. And that, that happens to be my story. I know it's not everybody's story, but I happened to be, there was no imaginary line that I crossed from the first time that I drank and it was quote successful I had that phenomena of craving and so I sit here as a really grateful member of not only recovered life community but as the recovery community at large so I'm cheering you on I will stop in um, your and Keila's conversation and I just I thank you for always speaking your truth 
and for showing us that we can recover no matter what. Christina, this has been an amazing uh, discussion, like it always is on Monday. You know, some big takeaways here is, you know, this, this you know, Memorial Day, like one that we can change, you know, and I think this is a big thing. It's like everybody that's been on stage talks about the way that it used to be, which means that we're all in this state of change, right? Constantly changing. One of the things that I get from recovery is that it's not something that you can just do and be done with. We always constantly have to be growing and changing. And sometimes, like I always say, the great thing about being sober is that you're awake, aware, and alive. The bad thing sometimes about being sober is that you're awake, aware, and alive. But we're awake, aware, and alive all the time. And this gives us a great opportunity to really live our best recovered life, right? And what I love about this room, what I love about this discussion is that we talk about the actually doing of it, right? It's not talking about, yeah, we're sober, blah, blah. It's, no, it's like, what are we doing in our recovery? And I think, you know, taking these actions that we discussed here today really get us closer to where we want to be. Uh, Christina, any final thoughts on this Memorial Day plan your sober week? Everybody be safe and connect. Uh, I am available today. If anybody is struggling, please DM me. And I hope to see you all tomorrow in our Rewire Your Brain room. We're going to be talking about some really beautiful concepts like foreboding joy and uh, just learning together. Thank you very much for letting me be part of your day. Guys, thank you so much, guys. And if you are not a member of Recovered Life, if you are, you're going to get an exclusive uh invite to our volley group. This is where we keep the conversation going. I've had more fun on volley over the last couple of days. Uh, Christina, it's been so great to be part of that community. Um, and the great thing is you could put video messages up there, audio messages, text messages, or you can just watch, listen, and uh, watch other people's volleys. Either way, it's the best deal in town. You guys can get access to it by becoming a member for free. Just go to uh, to recoveredlife.us. And if you need to connect with both Christina and I for any reason, you can go to info.recoveredlife.us. Just click on our faces there and you can set up a free time to speak with both of us. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.